Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish has upset Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame, 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTradio.com. The free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now, here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett. Well, it was not the greatest 12-, 13-hour window for Notre Dame football news starting last night when we found out that officially five-star... Class of 2023 edge rusher from Tampa, Keon Keeley, decommitted from the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Then we found out just a few hours ago that Notre Dame starting left guard, All-American candidate, a candidate to be an NFL first-round pick next spring, Jared Patterson. The injury not as bad as it could have been, I guess this is one of those situations where you're thinking the worst. Is he lost for the year, three months? Well, better news when you consider he's going to rest seven to ten days and is questionable for the matchup with Ohio State. Those are our two top storylines as we get Budweiser's weekday sports beat going for this Thursday. August the 18th of 2022, now 16 days away from the season opener at the Horseshoe in Columbus, number five, Notre Dame, and number two, Ohio State. My name is Darren Pritchett. Great to have you with me on 960 AM WSBT. We are streaming live right now at WSBTradio.com. And on the WSBT radio app, we have a video feed of the show taking place right now on Twitch. The app is free to download, and on Twitch, all you have to do is search Sports Radio 960 WSBT to catch a little peek at our studio. Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat, presented by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Baseball fans, this Bud's for you. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. Also by the Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better way. And by Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt Don't Shop, where new beginnings have happy endings. Coming up on the program this evening, our Twitter question of the day in the next segment. That'll be followed by our Irish Players Spotlight today. We focus on the Notre Dame running back room, specifically sophomore Logan Diggs. The My 5 question of the day at the end of this hour. And the question today is, five things that I need to see about this Notre Dame football team before I'm a believer. Now, this is not 
a negative conversation. It's just five question marks, and I'm looking forward to getting the answer to those questions. In the 6 o'clock hour, we'll have an interview with Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. A lot of things to get to with Mike in regards to Notre Dame football recruiting. We've got our sports wagering segment also to get to before we wrap up the program and turn things over to the broadcast team at Four Winds Field. South Bend Cubs baseball at 645. First place on the line, South Bend and Beloit playing tonight. Tied for first in the Western Division. Pre-game at 645, the first pitch at 705 on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. The first pitch of the first pitch of the night. And we are ready for the first pitch. Into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Well, these aren't the greatest first pitches, to be quite frank. But our top news stories today, the decommitment of Keon Keeley and the injury to Fighting Irish left guard Jared Patterson. We'll start with the recruiting news. Keeley, early member to the class of 2023, five-star status across the board with recruiting services. Just the prototypical edge rusher you want to bring into your football program. From Tampa, Florida, so surrounded by SEC schools, Notre Dame got an early commitment from Keon Keeley. Was in South Bend on numerous occasions. But unfortunately, last night on social media, Keon Keeley announced that he was decommitting from the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. And the anticipation is now among the individuals who do the crystal ball predictions or whatever you want to call it at the various services, that Alabama now in the driver's seat for Keon Keeley. Let's see if we can get some insight here. Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Mike, Keon Keeley, part of this Irish class. There's been a lot of noise that he's been looking around. You've been very concerned about Keon Keeley sticking with Notre Dame, and now it's all become reality as Keon Keeley has decommitted from the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. I'd like to get your perspective on What's happened since last night when Keon Keeley decommitted from the Fighting Irish? Yeah, Darren, first of all, it's, it's just unfortunate. I'm here in Colin Calvert now. Having a little technical difficulty there with the audio, so we'll get back to Mike coming up here in just a couple of seconds here on WSBT Radio. I do apologize for that. All right, let's get to the Jared Patterson information, and then we'll get back to Mike here in just a couple of moments. But we found out today from Fighting Irish head coach Marcus Freeman that Jared Patterson was injured in practice on Monday, and it is a right foot sprain. You might remember a couple of years ago he was injured. It was the left foot, this time a right foot sprain. And so Patterson, there is still a chance he will play in the season opener against the Ohio State Buckeyes. Marcus Freeman met the media today and offered this update on his starting left guard. Yep, Jay Pat has a foot sprain. Um, you know, right now we're being cautious on his return. We got arrested. Um, you know, we think that it's really for him it's going to be uh, once we, we get probably through about a 10-day period um, of resting, it will be he can go as, as he can tolerate the pain. Um, so right now I would say he's questionable uh, for Ohio State, but I know Jay Pat and I know his mentality. And, and again, um, I, as a head coach, I expect him probably to be out there just because I know uh, the type of competitor he is. But that's kind of where we're at right now, you know, listening to the doctor saying we'll rest it for seven to ten days and then kind of let him go full speed. But it's a foot sprain uh, that, that happened in practice on Monday. So honestly, all things considered, not the worst news. So with Patterson now resting, Likely seven to ten days. There were some opportunities for players to get some number one duty with this offensive line from the left guard spot. Marcus Freeman today offered some insight. Who's replacing Jared Patterson right now in practice? Uh, we've we've kind of rotated uh, between Christophic and, and Rocco. Um, both of those guys have, 
have really kind of rotated in there at that guard spot uh, in the past two days. All right, so the two guys you would expect, Kristofik, who got starting time middle of last season to the end of the year, part of the regrouping of the offensive line. Kristofik was one of the reasons why things, I would say, settled down from a very rough start to the year. Joe Walt going to left tackle, a major part of that conversation, of course, as well. Rocco Spindler, this is a kid that people were excited about when he joined the Irish program, still trying to break through into the starting lineup, has a chance to impress right now with JPET down with the right foot sprain. So as we look ahead, 16 days until Notre Dame takes on Ohio State. That's a good amount of time. Is it enough time to allow Patterson to play in that game? Here's Fighting Irish head coach Marcus Freeman. It's going to be, you know, his pain tolerance and, and you know, how much he can uh, perform at the level we expect him to with, with the pain. He might feel great. I talked to him today. He said he feels great, you know. And so, um, again, this isn't something we got to do what's best for J-Pat. If he's ready to go, he's going to play. You know, if he's not ready to go, then we'll get him ready for when he's ready to go. So there you go. There's hope. And Patterson's a tough kid. He came back to help this football team win a lot of games this year, make the playoff. He could be in an NFL camp right now. So you know, if he can be in the lineup at the horseshoe, Patterson is going to be in there. It almost feels like he's going to play. I mean, obviously, I have no inside information. But in terms of the toughness meter, Patterson is near the top of the list. And the way Marcus laid everything out, it feels like the door is open that if Patterson can withstand a little pain, he's your starting left guard against the Ohio State Buckeyes. But in the meantime, Kristoffic, Spindler, the stage is yours, guys. Here's a little chance to show Harry Heastan and the coaching staff what you can do in the meantime. How about some good news? If you're an Irish fan, you like Logan Diggs. He was an exciting part of the running back room last year as a freshman. Finally got on the field at Virginia Tech, and from there, played a lot of football for the Fighting Irish. Blue goal game in the spring, torn labrum, required surgery. The good news, he was on the field when camp started. That was a bit of an upset, but a great upset. But he's been in a red jersey, so limited contact. He's been going through drills. Marcus Freeman was asked today about any chance that red jersey, we can throw it in the trash. And Marcus believes that red jersey will come off Logan Diggs next week. That is wonderful news for that first game against Ohio State. I kind of felt like based on the information we were getting in the spring and summer that the start of the year was a long shot. Well, here we are. Diggs might be ready to roll, and it sure seems like if that red jersey's coming off, that means contact is on the way. And here comes Logan Diggs, Chris Tyree, and the big guy, Audric Estimate, trying to run the football right down the Buckeyes' throat at the horseshoe in front of 100,000 fans. So after Keeley and Patterson, there's something good to gnaw on. Looks like Diggs, that red jersey, you can burn it next week. And then we'll see what Logan Diggs can do in practice with context. So that is really, really good news. So Marcus Freeman was asked today, where can you point to where this football team is making strides? And if you're old school Notre Dame football, you know through the years what they have loved to do offensively through the golden ages? Well, you're probably going to like the answer Marcus Freeman gave earlier today. I think it's the ability to run the football. I mean, that that's something that I've been really, really pushing on our, our offense and pushing really on our entire team is that we have to be able to run the football and stop the run because running the football to me really creates so much space in terms of the pass game. When a defense feels like they got to do everything in their power to stop a run. Being on the defensive side, I understand that when you don't feel like you can stop the run at will, you know, you try to do different things defensively, and all of a sudden that opens up the pass game. And so to see our offense run the ball um, today and, and really do a good job um, um, of really being uh, positive in the yardage, 
um, in terms of running the ball, it was really good to see. And, and, and again, the decision making. We had some big plays on offense today. Um, some down, some some balls downfield. Tyler threw some great balls downfield, and we saw some guys make some big plays. And, and Drew threw some balls downfield and made some good plays. And so, um, those are the things that, again, it all is created from being able to run the ball. You know, and, and you run the ball, and it opens up the, the the pass game. So you probably like the sound of that answer, then, right? Run that football. And running the football at the horseshoe means C.J. Stroud, the quarterback for the Buckeyes, stands on the sideline and watches. I like the sound of that. And, you know, Marcus is a defensive coach. He's not going to be afraid to throw the football, but one way to rest your defense and keep them off the field is running that football effectively. And I think there's a good chance the Irish can have some success against old Ohio State running the football on September the 3rd. On our Twitch app, there is a chat. Shorty, I like what you're thinking. He wrote, so he won't throw in a hurricane. Always goes back to BK down there at NC State, doesn't it? (laughs) I think we all felt like we were qualified to be an offensive coordinator watching that game as they continued to try to throw the football. Shorty, I like your style. But you know what? You're not going to get a Christmas card from the family down in Baton Rouge. Which is probably a good thing. 523, Darren Pritchett with you. Budweiser's weekday sports beat on WSBT Radio. One more Marcus Freeman soundbite. We left the spring very concerned about place kicking. Punter. Okay some return guys there could be some young guys asked to catch the football and punt returns and kickoff returns maybe you have to protect some of your star skill players due to the limited numbers at some spots so where do we stand with all that marcus freeman talked special teams earlier today i haven't talked to him we haven't really decided on a punter um you know i know sot's been probably taking more reps with the ones you know groupies is the the number one kicker um he was awesome today. He three for four. I wrote down, you know, made a 53-yarder. Um, he ended up, he made a 53-yarder, missed a 53-yarder, you know, and that's right on that fringe area. Do you go for it? Do you punt it? Um, but it was really good to see. He's been really consistent over the last few practices when we've been kicking field goals, and it's been really good to see. We saw a couple, three talented freshmen in, in return. We saw Payne, Merriweather, and I think we've seen Mickey fielding punts. How do you balance the freshmen fielding punts, kickoffs in high-pressure situations versus? being careful also because you're low on numbers at running back with Tyree or receiver at Lindsey. It seems like a balancing act. Yeah, I think you, you got to put the person back there, number one, that is going to make good decisions. Right? you got to put the person back there that you can depend on. We'll, we'll catch the punt. We'll, we'll really you know, make the decisions, the right decisions. Um, you know, I would say if we played today, it would be Brandon Joseph you know, being a punt returner, but it's good to have some young guys that are back there catching punts that you feel confident can get the job done. And so, uh, again, as I tell Coach Mason all the time, it's just about decision-making back there. We have to make good decisions. The next part of that, can we make plays? Can you be explosive in terms of the return game? That is your head coach, Marcus Freeman, meeting the media earlier today. Again, Jared Patterson starting left guard for the Fighting Irish. Right foot sprain suffered in practice on Monday. He will rest seven to ten days. And Marcus Freeman labeled Jared Patterson questionable for the Ohio State game, the season opener, which is 16 days away. 525, Budweiser's weekday sports beat on WSBT Radio. We'll get back to Mike Singer coming up in a moment. His reaction to Keon Keeley decommitting from the Fighting Irish. Also, our Twitter question of the day is on the way. Sit back and relax. We've got about an hour and 15 minutes left to talk Notre Dame football on your home of the Fighting Irish in that opening game against Ohio State on September 3rd at 7.30. Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Listen to Budweiser's weekday sports beat live or on demand with our free WSBT radio app. Just search WSBT radio in the app store and Google play. Now, 
back to local sports talk on Sports Beat with your host, Darren Pritchett. Halfway through the 5 o'clock hour, Sports Beat on this Thursday, August the 18th of 2022. Jared Patterson, right foot sprain, rest for 10 days, questionable for the Ohio State game. The other major storyline, Notre Dame loses the top player in their class of 2023, edge rusher Keon Keeley, decommitted from Notre Dame last night. Let's get now to Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. He wrote recently that the Irish commitment with Keeley was on life support, and unfortunately we got the news we've been kind of expecting that Keeley is now looking elsewhere, maybe Alabama, but no longer a part of Notre Dame's class of 2023. I guess Mike simply put, uh, what went wrong? What happened? Why is Keon Keeley no longer a member of this Fighting Irish class of 2023? Uh, yeah, Darren, to start, it's, it's just not good news for Notre Dame. I mean, that's the obvious point, but, I mean, I don't – there's so many different angles here. Yeah, you, your, your question about why, I, I mean, that's obviously a, a question only Keon can answer. I know any time right now – in recruiting, there's a decommitment. College football fans are going to say it's NIO. And whether that's the case for Keon Keeley, you know, I, again, I can't speak on that. Only only he could. I, I know when Dylan Edwards, the four-star uh, running back, decommitted from Kansas State just to flip to Notre Dame, I know Kansas State fans are saying, oh, it's NIL, the Fighting Irish is bottom of You know, whatever it may be um, that they said. I certainly saw it on Twitter a lot. That's not the case, but that's that's just kind of the general reaction right now. Um, Alabama is obviously a, a, a school that's that's tough to turn down, and I, I would guess that he's going to end up there. We'll see. Um, and another facet of this, Dan, is that this a lot of colleges across the country do not want their committed players to officially visit other schools and say. And this is what Notre Dame is doing. And, again, this is not unique to the Fighting Irish under Mark Freeman. If you visit another school and you're committed here, we don't view you as a commit anymore. I think that's just kind of a logical thing to do so that you don't get left at the altar on National Signing Day without a backup plan like Notre Dame had last year with Amarion Walker. Um, he flipped. C.J. Williams flipped at the last minute. And it's like, okay, now you're signing just one receiver when you needed three or four. So it's kind of a situation where it's better that Keeley be committed now rather than a week before National Signing Day, and now you're having to you know scramble very late. Um, or to case of receiver last year, you don't even have any time to scramble and sign another player. So um, I think if you know Notre Dame didn't have this policy, I still think Keeley you know flips. Eventually, it just kind of pushed up the timeline of when that would happen. So, um, again, Darren, tough news here for Notre Dame. It's one that, you know, I know Irish fans are scratching their head and being like, why'd you even commit in the first place? You know, if this is how you, you know, if you, you're just going to go decommit. couple things there. One, Notre Dame pushed the commitment. They really wanted him to commit um, to keep him away from other schools because, you know, his recruitment is only going to blow up more you know, heading into his junior season. Um, again, he committed to the Irish last summer. Um, so, again, that's, this is something they wanted to happen. And, two, this is just modern-day recruiting, Darren. I mean, players commit and decommit. It's, it's, it's not like a lot of other sports where once you commit, it's done. I, I would say that's baseball, but I feel like I've seen a couple decommits for the Irish year lately. This is – just kind of recruiting now, and it's very prevalent in football for sure. Mike, here's my two takeaways. Number one, it wasn't like he was just flirting with Notre Dame. He made five trips, I believe, to South Bend. He spent time with the coaches. He spent time with other recruits. And the second thing is, it seems like Notre Dame didn't do anything wrong. This is just one of those circumstances where a kid committed early, looked around, and found some things that also interest him. Yeah, I'm I'm sure the Notre Dame staff is kind of sitting back and thinking, man, what 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 could have been different that 
you know, we could have done to, to keep them or whatever, but, you know, I don't know if that's fair to them. Like, I don't know what they really could have done differently to, to keep them committed, uh, you know, on, on, unless there was going to be a, you know, what just a major NIL thing. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know what Notre Dame could have done differently here. Uh, I don't even think that Mike Elston staying on staff would have made a difference one way or the other because Keeley really likes Al Washington, and they even had a relationship when Washington was at Ohio State. So, yeah, Darren, I, I, I agree that I don't know really what else Notre Dame could have done differently to avoid this outcome other than, again, NIL being this just kind of weird aura in recruiting right now. It's just kind of everyone's always talking about it. such an unknown. Uh, there's just not a strong market, um, you know, in, in terms of, like, what what these players are worth. And, uh, yeah, we could talk about NIL for a while there. One more follow-up question as we talk about Keon Keeley decommitting from the Fighting Irish. Mike, in your opinion, where do the Irish stand with edge rushers in this 23 and also the 24 class? Yeah, I'll definitely be writing about this, excuse me, at blueandgold.com in the next 15 hours or so. So uh, make sure to check that out at blueandgold.com. We'll kind of have an update on uh, what my sources are saying in terms of what the staff thinks. And and I did share a few names of of players to keep an eye on at blueandgold.com Wednesday night, so you could read that already. Um, But, uh, yeah, they obviously have work to do. They need another Viper, at least one in this recruiting class with Keeley out. Notre Dame doesn't have a ton of Vipers. They did move Josh Burnham from linebacker to Viper. Um, what is that, back in the spring? So that added a little bit of depth there. But um, they have three commitments, all guys who are either strong side ends or three tacks or you know a nose tackle, some hybrid players. They definitely need some help out on that weak side defensive end, that Viper role, as Notre Dame calls it. There you go. Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold, illustrated, blueandgold.com. His take on five-star edge rusher Keon Keeley decommitting from the University of Notre Dame. Coming up at about 6.15, we'll also play back that Keeley audio once again, but also Mike is going to talk about Another marquee player in the class, Peyton Bowen. He has been looking around, but he's more confident that Bowen is going to stick with his Notre Dame commitment. Also, we have some other storylines to get to, including some of the Notre Dame commits to really watch for in their high school football season. And I want to get his take on Audric Estime, what he remembers about watching him in high school. And Michael share a story that he kind of accidentally found Audric Estime because he was visiting a game to watch someone else. So we'll get to that with Mike coming up in just a little bit. 539 at WSBT. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And today's Twitter question of the day, I'll give that to you in just a second. But first, yesterday's question Who will be Notre Dame's leading rusher in 2022? Your four options were Tyler Buckner, Chris Tyree, Logan Diggs, or Audric Estime. You voted on my Twitter account at 960SportsBeep. And the voting went as followed. Fourth place, quarterback Tyler Buckner got some support, though. 14% of the vote. Third place in the voting... 24% of the vote went to sophomore Logan Diggs. Tyree's the old veteran guy, estimates that new guy that everybody is fascinated with. Diggs is still a young guy entering his sophomore year, but had the injury in the spring. So maybe his number a little lower than expected at 24%. Second place in the voting, the big guy with nimble feet, Audric Estime. He got 27% of the vote. He led the voting for a good amount of time. But ultimately, the old guy of the group won the vote. Chris Tyree got 35% of the vote. I'm kind of leading toward Estime right now, to be honest with you. I would have voted 
Audric Estime. But we thank you for voting. And now here is today's question that was posted earlier this afternoon. Which of these four Notre Dame individual stats, that is hypothetical, is the most realistic or might happen? Which of the four is most realistic? Here are the four options. Lorenzo Styles with a 60-catch season. Audric Estime rushes for 600 yards. Isaiah Foskey, 16 sacks. He had 11 last year. Or your fourth option, Tyler Buckner with 30 touchdown passes. Which of these four hypotheticals is most realistic? Styles, 60 catches. Estime, 600 rushing yards. Foskey, 16 sacks. Buckner, 30 touchdown passes. You can vote right now on my Twitter account at 960-SPORTSBEAT. We'll pass along the results on tomorrow's program. Irish Players Spotlight on Logan Diggs is coming up next on your home of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Highlight reel one by Williams. Down the sideline, Williams. Chased by Gamble. 20, 10. What a run. Touchdown. Spectacular run. Here's the fake. Meyer looking. Meyer finding the other tight end. Irv Smith touchdown. Five by rocket touchdown. Irish. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. We press on 546 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Sunshine and 82 degrees currently in downtown South Bend. One hour away from pregame coverage of South Bend and Beloit from Four Winds Field. First place on the line in the Midwest League's Western Division. This is our Irish Players Spotlight. Today we're focusing on sophomore running back Logan Diggs. 52 carries, 230 yards as a freshman, 4.4 yards per carry with three touchdowns, had six catches for 56 yards and a score. The running back room, Chris Tyree, Audric Estime, Logan Diggs, Jabron Payne. That's the group that Dylan McCullough is working with, and McCullough offered these thoughts on what the running back room looks like right now for the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Um, really been excited about the guys, um, just their focus, um, just being detailed, um, dependable, and disciplined throughout as far as what our standard, our main standard, core standard is as a running back group. Um, specifically, um, across the board, really like the things that Audric is doing. Um, he's been showing you know, all the capabilities you want to see, um, the proficiency and the consistency you want um, in a lead back. Um, same thing for Chris Tyreek. I've really been doing some great things as a space guy. Um, been very healthy, obviously, man. Explosive. Um, picked up some um, needed pounds. Um, been really looking good in pass protection. Um, Logan, man, for everything that he can do, he's really been showing well. Really showing some nice pop out here today. Um, continuing to be competitive. Continuing to be a team guy, room guy, unselfish. And when his opportunities come in the role in the situations that he's able to go in, um, based on you know him and his red jersey status, he's really done well. Um, Jabron Payne. Really, really been um, happy with him. Um, he started off the first day. I'll say this. I mean, he, the first day, we, the guys are great every day. He started off at 30%. I mean, he, he really had a down first day, which is not, you know, which is to be expected for a guy first time. Understanding the standards and the expectations. I mean, he went on and finished, you know, up till yesterday. I mean, he was over 80, 87%, which gives an indication of what he did the next several days um, as far as how he is as far as his consistency and attention to detail, technique, and playing with all his fundamentals. So really been happy with him, um, just the way he's been moving around. Uh, put him out there with the ones today to do some tempo just to see. I like to stress guys out, see what the new guys can do. And he handled that well. So um, the whole room, you know, and of course, you know, Chase and, and uh, um, Skip Vallada and, and Sam, and the guys been holding their own, doing what they need to do. So just been really happy with the overall I'm up the room and just kind of where we're at. Well, one of Coach McCullough's prize 
pupils is Logan Diggs, and he had a chance to talk to the media during fall camp, and he discussed his readiness for a brand-new season and ready to get rid of that red jersey, which limits his contact in practice due to that torn labrum that required surgery, the injury from the spring. And Marcus Freeman did tell us today that he expects that red jersey to go away next week. All right, Logan, how's uh, fall camp going so far? Uh, fall camp is going really good, you know. We're we attacking it, you know. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a new culture. It's a new, new environment. So it's really, really upbeat, really up-tempo. You know, the energy's high, so... It's really good for everyone. Where do you feel you fit in in terms of the role of the leader in the running back room? Uh, I feel like I wouldn't say that I'm the leader, but I'll say I'm one of them. You know, Chris is older. Chris, me, I'll say me and Chris probably take lead, take charge, you know, making sure that everybody's, you know, on task, everybody has to do what they have to do. So I'll say, I'll probably say I'm like, you know, second, like kind of like 1A, 1B, something like that. Coach McCullough has some pro experience coaching at the highest level. What have you taken from him so far in fall camp to elevate your game? Uh, I'll probably say really the details. You got to be really, really detailed on everything. Like he t- told us that today in, 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 um, in these this morning. Like if you want to make it to the next level, every single detail has to be perfect. Like not, you know, you're never going to reach perfect, but you got to be striving for perfect, striving for greatness. So I'll probably say just being extra detailed and, you know, trusting my, really trusting my coach really too. Once the red jersey comes off, what's your point of emphasis on getting back to full strength? Uh, once the red jersey come off, man, I'm just gonna I'm at the ground running, man. You know, I'm, I'm a real confident, confident young man, and I just feel like, you know, what's meant for me is meant for me. So if God wants me to go out there, you know, He keep on blessing me to come back and play this game. That's what I'm gonna keep on doing. I'm not gonna think about it. I'm just gonna go out there, and, you know, just play football. And since wearing the red jersey, what have you? taken away and learned about the game of football, especially a running back? Uh, I learned how much contact you actually get because I'm not really getting that much con- contact. And I probably say I learned how much I really love football and like how much you know football really means to me. Because, you know, like, it's hard watching football, especially being around it. Like, football is, like, kind of, like, what our life's, like, based upon, like, based around. So, like, being around it and not being able to participate fully is probably, probably the most challenging thing. Last one for me. Uh, we know about your running style, but talk about your blocking. Uh, see, in high, see, like coming out of high school, I made an emphasis. Like I know, like a lot, I knew a lot, a lot of running backs didn't like pass pro. I knew a lot of running backs was like all the highlight tape was just like long runs or like power, like power moves. But like me, I put my pass, my pass blocking on there, and that kind of stood out to a lot of like coaches and stuff like that. And when I got to college, I mean, you know, guys are bigger, so I really just had to attack in the weight room and make sure I'm, you know, I'm still strong and I'm still, you know, still, still able to do everything I need to be, need to do in pass protection. Being aware that you're not able to have their full contact and kind of sitting back and thinking on that, how have you been able to maintain that confidence, you know, on the sideline watching you guys perform fully? I would just say, you know, watching film and, you know, probably most importantly my relationship with God, you know, just, just every night before I go to sleep, every every morning before I eat, like just talking to God, let him know like like I, like I know you have a plan for me. That, that's what that really will keep was keeping me confident, like it's my faith. That is Logan Diggs, sophomore running back for the Fighting Irish again. The red jersey apparently will go away next week, which means good chance he's a part of the equation for Ohio State on September the third. Seven minutes in front of six o'clock at WSBT. A Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Sports Center update coming up in just a moment. 5.58 at WSBT. Darren Pritchett with you. The Big Ten Conference made it official today. A seven-year deal has been established with several networks that will pay a reported average of more than $1 billion per year. A Saturday football triple header for the Big Ten with Fox, NBC, and CBS. That highlights the package that also includes men's and women's basketball coverage. Now, Fox will continue to air the Big Ten's premier weekly game 
at noon Eastern time. So that big noon game continues for Fox featuring an elite Big Ten matchup. CBS losing the Southeastern Conference game of the week. They get the 3.30 time slot for Big Ten games. And then NBC will take the primetime slate. This contract takes effect for the 2023 football season. So next year, the changes take place. However, CBS won't begin its mid-afternoon window until 2024 as the SEC contract runs through 2023. CBS will air seven Big Ten games in 2023 at other times. And this was reported a couple of weeks ago, but ESPN is out. The Big Ten and ESPN have been partners for four decades, but the Big Ten is out of the Big Ten game. So this is a massive deal. Congratulations to the Big Ten. They hit the jackpot, and not a long deal. They can start all over again in seven years. 6 o'clock at WSBT. Celebrating 100 years of serving Michiana. This is 960 AM WSBT South Bend. A Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. Well, someone finally threw in the white towel. It's over in Chicago. After a couple of Really nice come-from-behind victories for the White Sox over the Astros. Maybe the best team in the American League. They lose today to Houston 21-5. So Cleveland now two and a half in front of the White Sox. Chicago right now in third place in the American League Central. And a big showdown with the Guardians starts tomorrow night for Chicago. 608 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Darren Pritchett with you here on WSBT Radio. Keon Keeley decommitted from the Fighting Irish last night, the five-star edge rusher. We'll talk about Keon Keeley, Peyton Bowen, and a whole lot more in our recruiting segment with Mike Singer coming up in just a couple of moments here on WSBT Radio, but updating the other big story of the day. If you're just now joining the program, let's get you caught up what Marcus Freeman told us today about the injury to Irish starting left guard Jared Patterson, an All-American candidate. Patterson was not at practice yesterday. The media got to watch a portion of practice. There was no J-Pat. Marcus Freeman told us why earlier today. Yep, J-Pat has a foot sprain. Um, You know, right now we're being cautious on his return. We got arrested. Um, You know, we think that it's really for him it's going to be once we – we get probably through about a 10-day period um, of resting. It will be he can go as, as he can tolerate the pain. Um, so right now I would say he's questionable uh, for Ohio State, but I know Jay Pat and I know his mentality. And, and again, um, I, as a head coach, I expect him probably to be out there just because I know uh, the type of competitor he is. But that's kind of where we're at right now, you know, listening to the doctors, hey, we'll rest it for seven to 10 days and then kind of let him go full speed, but it's a foot sprain uh, that that happened in practice on Monday. So what will it take for Patterson to play? Beyond him, it's going to be, you know, his pain tolerance and, and, you know, how much he can uh, perform at the level we expect him to with with the pain. He might feel great. I talked to him today. He said he feels great, you know. And so, um, again, this isn't something we got to do what's best for J-Pat. If he's ready to go, he's going to play. You know, if he's not ready to go, then we'll get him ready for when he's ready to go. So with Patterson on the sideline, who takes his spot at left guard? Uh, we've we've kind of rotated uh, between Kristoffic and, and Rocco. Um, both of those guys have, have really kind of rotated in there at that guard spot uh, in the past two days. There you go. Marcus Freeman with an update on the status of left guard. Jared Patterson, to summarize, he'll rest seven to ten days. Then we'll see where we are. Marcus did mention later on the press conference he saw Patterson today, and Patterson said, you know, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling a lot better. So questionable for Ohio State, but knowing Patterson, he's going to be out there to take on the Buckeyes. So Patterson will rest for 10 days, questionable for Ohio State. So Kristoffic and Spindler, you're up next at the left guard position. 
All things recruiting next with Mike Singer on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. WSBTradio.com, the WSBT radio app, and on Twitch as Darren Pritchett talks Notre Dame football recruiting with Blue and Gold Illustrated insider Mike Singer. A lot to talk about with Mike Singer from Blue and Gold Illustrated. We've got some good stuff to talk about eventually, but we begin with the breaking news from last night. And this is something Mike has mentioned that was probably on the horizon, and it happened last night. Five-star edge rusher from Tampa, Keon Keeley, the marquee member of the class of 2023 for the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, announced he was decommitting from Notre Dame and the expectation is maybe he's on his way to Alabama we'll see if that's the case or not well Mike I know Irish fans are a little frustrated right now to have this premier talent in the class was very exciting but there was always a feeling that this is one that could eventually walk away from Notre Dame and it happened last night put things into perspective why you think Keon Keeley is no longer a member of this fighting Irish class uh, yeah, Darren, to start, it's it's just not good news for Notre Dame. I mean, that's the obvious point, but, I mean, I don't – there's so many different angles here. Yeah, your, your question about why, I, I mean, that's obviously a, a question only Keon can answer. I know any time right now in recruiting there's a decommitment, college football fans are going to say it's NIO. And whether that's the case for Keon Keeley – you know, I, again, I can't speak on that. Only, only he could. I, I know when Dylan Edwards, a four-star uh, running back, decommitted from Kansas State just to flip to Notre Dame. I know Kansas State fans are saying, "Oh, it's NIL. The Fighting Irish is bottom of You know, whatever it may be um, that they said. I certainly saw it on Twitter a lot. That's not the case, but that's that's just kind of the general reaction right now. Um, Alabama is obviously a, a, a school that's that's tough to turn down, and I, I would guess that he's going to end up there. We'll see. Um, and another facet of this, Dan, is that this a lot of colleges across the country do not want their committed players to officially visit other schools and say, and this is what Notre Dame is doing, and again, this is not unique to the Fighting Irish under Mark Freeman. If you visit another school and you're committed here, we don't view you as a commit anymore. I think that's just kind of a logical thing to do so that you don't get left at the altar on National Signing Day without a backup plan like Notre Dame had last year with Amarion Walker. Um, he flipped. C.J. Williams flipped at the last minute, and it's like, okay, now you're signing just one receiver when you needed three or four. So it, it's kind of a situation where it's better that Keeley be committed now rather than a week before National Signing Day. Uh, it, it, and now you're having to, you know, scramble very late. Um, or it's a case of receiver last year, you don't even have any time to scramble and sign another player. So um, I, I think if, you know, Notre Dame didn't have this policy, I still think Keeley, you know, flips eventually. It just kind of pushed up the timeline of when that would happen. So. Um, again, Darren, tough news here for Notre Dame. It's one that, you know, I know Irish fans are scratching their head and being like, why'd you even commit in the first place? You know, if this is how you, you know, if you, you're just going to go decommit. couple things there. One, Notre Dame pushed the commitment. They really wanted him to commit um, to keep him away from other schools because, you know, his recruitment is only going to blow up more, you know, heading into his junior season. Um, again, he committed to the Irish last summer. Um, so, again, that's, this is something they wanted to happen. And, two, this is just modern-day recruiting, Darren. I mean, players commit and decommit. It's, it's, it's not like a lot of other sports where once you commit, it's done. I, I would say that's baseball, but I feel like I've seen a couple decommits for the Irish year lately. This is just kind of recruiting now and it's very prevalent in football for sure 
Mike, here's my two takeaways. Number one, it wasn't like he was just flirting with Notre Dame. He made five trips, I believe, to South Bend. He spent time with the coaches. He spent time with other recruits. And the second thing is, it seems like Notre Dame didn't do anything wrong. This is just one of those circumstances where a kid committed early, looked around, and found some things that also interest him. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure the Notre Dame staff is kind of sitting back and thinking, man, what, what, what could have been different that you know, we could have done to, to keep them or whatever, but, you know, I don't know if that's fair to them. Like, I don't know what they really could have done differently to – to keep them committed, uh, you know, on, on, unless there was going to be a, you know, what just a major NIL thing. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know what Notre Dame could have done differently here. Uh, I don't even think that Mike Elston staying on staff would have made a difference one way or the other because Keeley really likes Al Washington, and they even had a relationship when Washington was at Ohio State. So, yeah, Darren, I, I, I agree that I don't know really what else Notre Dame could have done differently to avoid this outcome other than again NIL being this just kind of weird aura in recruiting right now it's just kind of everyone's always talking about it such an unknown um there's just not a strong market um you know in in terms of like what what these players are worth and uh, yeah we could talk about NIL for a while there one more follow-up question as we talk about Keon Keeley decommitting from the Fighting Irish. Mike, in your opinion, where do the Irish stand with edge rushers in this 23 and also the 24 class? Yeah, I'll definitely be writing about this, excuse me, at blueandgold.com uh, in the next 15 hours or so. So uh, make sure you check that out at blueandgold.com. We'll kind of have an update on uh, what my sources are saying in terms of what the staff thinks. And, and I did share a few names of, of players to keep an eye on at BlueandGold.com Wednesday night, so you could read that already. Um, but, uh, yeah, they obviously are, have work to do. They need another Viper, at least one in this recruiting class with Keeley out. As Notre Dame doesn't have a ton of Vipers. They did move Josh Burnham from linebacker to Viper. Um, what is that, back in the spring? So that added a little bit of depth there. But um, they have three commitments, all guys who are either strong side ends or three tacks or, you know, a nose tackle, some hybrid players. They definitely need some help out on that weak side defensive end, that Viper role, as Notre Dame calls it. He is Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Let's stick with the 23 class, another high-profile player, Peyton Bowen, another young man that has been looking at other programs. I think a lot of Irish fans are nervous about whether he's going to stick with Notre Dame, and I'm looking at your on-three projection board. It seems like Notre Dame's number has gone down just a little bit the last couple of weeks. Yeah, that, that RPM, the recruiting prediction machine at on-three, you know, Oklahoma and Texas A&M have picked up some percentage points. Notre Dame's still the leader at 61%. But I, I think that's that's probably pretty darn accurate for just being algorithm. I mean, I would probably say, someone asked me my projections on where Notre Dame is at, I'd probably say about 60, 60 to 70% chance that Notre Dame is going to land Peyton Bowen. I don't really like doing percentage chances, though, uh, because who the heck knows? It's recruiting, but... Um, I, I do feel like the Irish are, are in a pretty good spot. The thing with both Keeley and Bowen was, you know, they both visited these SEC schools, other powers programs at the end of July. And the thing was just get through it. Just get through it unscathed, get to the season, let them focus on their senior seasons, get them back to campus um, for, for a game day experience in the fall and just kind of weather the storm. You know, it's a couple weeks, you know, three weeks since the Keeley's Bama visit. And, you know, that one's not looking good. Bowen, that seems to be the case. You know, things, things seem to have settled down there. I'm sure OU and A&M reporters still feel like, you know, that uh, Bowen's going to end up flipping. Um, but from what I'm told, things are looking good for the Irish here. Um, still going to be a battle. It's still a who the heck knows. But as of today, uh, Notre Dame is, you know, still very much 
um, or has hold of this five-star player. Okay, so there's some good news for you. Let's now for focus now. on. Knows, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Let's focus on the start of high school football. All these guys we've been talking about, they're now preparing for their high school seasons. Let's get into some Irish commitments and some guys that we should really watch out for during this high school football season. Oh, I've got eight right okay. off the bat. And I'm going to write this article at blueandgold.com as well, you know, in the coming few days. So I think this is important. Like there's a lot of like in Notre Dame recruiting, all of us recruit Nicks uh, who are crazy enough to follow this stuff on a daily basis. We often forget about the committed players. It's either we talk about the targets or the players who might be flipping from Notre Dame. So let's put, you know, there's a guy like Brennan Vernon, uh, defensive lineman from Mentor, Ohio, who's Notre Dame's second commit in the class. He committed a day after Keeley, so maybe soon enough he'll be the first commit. We'll see. Um, but um, he's someone who just kind of doesn't get talked about. He's just, you know, he's not going to camps. He doesn't really do interviews. Just kind of falling down in the rankings a little bit. Doesn't have junior tape out there. Um, but I'm very intrigued with what Brendan Vernon's senior season will look at look like. I mean, when I saw him play last fall, he's probably around 270 pounds. I think now he's closer to 300 pounds, or, you know, 290-ish. He's a big dude. Um, so he's transitioned to being like a five or three technique into being a, you know, a nose tackle or you know a three tech. Like he's definitely projecting more to an interior player. So I want to see what Brennan Vernon looks like this fall. Braylon James is another guy who is very, very talented, tests very well, um, but this four-star receiver from the Austin, Texas area didn't play for a great high school team last season, so I think that hurt his production a good bit. He transferred to Stony Point in Round Rock, Texas, so Braylon James is definitely someone to keep an eye on. Micah Bell, a 5'11", 170-pound uh, cornerback from the Houston area, on three as a ranked as a three-star. Some of the other sites have him ranked as a big-time four-star player like what does his cornerback progression look like? He's more of a running back at the high school level. You don't see a ton of him at corner and on his high school highlight tapes. I'm really intrigued to see, you know, what he looks like as a defender, as a senior. Bubakar Traore, kind of like Brendan Vernon, we don't talk about him a ton. On three is ranked as a top hunter player. Want to see, you know, more of him this fall. Jaden Osbury is a guy who's, you know, early on in the cycle we thought this linebacker might be, a five-star caliber player. He's only six foot, 202 pounds. He's not the biggest inside backer, um, but looking forward to seeing what kind of output he has as a senior. I think he had a good summer camp circuit in, in the spring, um, but leading that uh, a very good defense, University Lab in Baton Rouge. Uh, Jaden Osprey, a guy I think has the potential to shoot up the rankings. Just bear with me, guys. A couple more. Ben Minnick, a three-star safety. Um, from Cincinnati, Lakota West, committed to Notre Dame in late, or excuse me, early August. You know, one of those, you know, three-star guys who I think has potential um, to rise up the rankings. Um, so he'll be a, a big one to keep an eye on. And, and then, I mean, this one's kind of obvious. This, this is CJ Card, <laughs> just a quarterback. I'm going to go see him play here in a couple weeks. I'm super stoked about my trip to uh, Detroit to see him in action. Um, you know, he, he, when I see him in person, he just looks so smooth. What, what is it like in person under the lights when guys are flying at you? I'm looking forward to that. Hmm. Very interesting. All right. Let's talk about a couple of guys that are on the Notre Dame roster that you followed their recruitment. Just want to get some basic thoughts from you and we'll start with Tyler Buckner. He's been a major storyline all off season, obviously, he was battling Drew Pine for the starting quarterback position. You saw him play out in California. You watched the video of Tyler Buckner. We saw him play last year, had over 30 pass attempts. That's it. Was a good running back for this team at the quarterback position. So what are your thoughts on Tyler Buckner winning the starting job and your thoughts on the type of player we might see play for the Fighting Irish this year? Yeah, first of all, it was obviously wasn't much of a, a surprise. Um, you know, I, I think Drew Pine is is got a limited ceiling as a quarterback, just, just based on his God given, um, you know, physical stature. I think he, you know he's got fantastic moxie. 
um, and throws a darn good football. Um, but, you know, I, I think he's more just a, a kind of a spark plug kind of guy for the, for the Notre Dame offense if they need him. Or if Buckner goes down, guys, Buckner has that knock on wood. Buckner's got a history of injuries um, going back to the past few years. I mean, he was dinged up a lot last year, tripped down some stairs, you know, and missed the spring game, um, tore an ACL um, as a sophomore in high school. So just going to, again, knocking on wood, he's he's a running quarterback. He's going to take some hits. So um, I think Drew Pine is going, whether it's Buckner – you know, being ineffective or, or, or Buckner getting hurt, I think we're going to see Drew Pine this season. Buckner has got all the talent in the world. He really does. Um, from covering him in high school and talking to sources around the program, there's a lot of excitement about Buckner. But there's also a feeling of, you know, he is, uh, for as widely, as wildly talented he is, there's going to be bumps. It's going to be a roller coaster. There's going to be good. Um, he's going to, you know, break off a 35-yard run. That should have been a sack, and then he could throw a pick six on the next play. You, it's, I, I really do think it's, it's – and I feel pretty strongly about it. It's just going to be an up-and-down season from him. So you just hope that, you know, that talent uh, that he has outweighs some of the mistakes that he might make there. You know, one thing that's concerned me, and I want you to jump in to see if I'm being unfair – but you take a look at this football team. They have playoff aspirations this year. You talk about Buckner getting ready to be the guy at quarterback. And when you've got a young quarterback, it sure would be nice to have some very dependable veteran receivers to help him out. But you take a look at where we are right now. The sophomore class is exciting. I mean, there's some really talented guys in there with Styles Colsey, and, and it seems like Jaden Thomas is coming on strong. Avery Davis, an older guy, goes down with an injury. Lindsey has been up and down throughout his career. Mike, there's just a hole, it seems like, in recruiting between the Lindsey Davis group and this sophomore group that could really make the difference in this season, trying to help Tyler Buckner be more effective throwing the football. When you think you got Michael Mayer, who's going to get so much attention this year, there's a lot of one-on-one opportunities for these receivers. So I'm just very concerned that, inability to recruit or develop for two years at the wide receiver position could be costly. Fair? For a while, there's 2019 and 2020 recruiting classes. Notre Dame didn't have a single receiver left from that, from those groups. Now it's with Xavier Watts, you know, being spotted at practice uh, on Wednesday um, at receiver moving, uh, came in as a receiver, then moved to, you know, a rover safety role. Now he's back at receiver. Notre Dame, you know, definitely needed that body. There's a lot of speculation whether it be like him or Jaden Bellamy. Both guys played, you know, high high school receiver. I I think Watts is the right move there. Um, yeah, Darren, it's it's not looking good. Uh, you're going to need someone like Jabran Payne, who I think can help out in slot receiver. Um, he's a, a freshman running back for the Irish who came in late in the 2022 cycle. You know whether it's you know, Chris Tyree or Logan, whoever. Some of these running backs. And what about a freshman tight end? Freshman tight end, whether it's I, I, Holden State. I was at practice last Thursday. Holden State looked fantastic. Eli Raridan's a freak show, but is he going to be 100 percent this this September? I, I don't know. Kane Barong, I'm a big believer in him. Me I too. think that he can play some of these receiver spots. So you, you, Kevin Bauman, so you have good depth at running back and tight end. Um, you'd feel a lot better if you had Avery Davis, though. That that's for sure yeah. to help out and you know in that kind of slot role. But Dion Colsey, Darren, I hadn't seen him. Guys, remember I cover the recruiting beat. I'm not going to all these practices right. and, and Notre Dame games. I'm at high school games. I hadn't seen Dion Colsey in two years. I was stunned at how big he was. I mean, the dude looks fantastic. So there is talent, but what what you said there is unproven. We you know we just don't know about these guys. I mean, even like your veterans, Joe Wilkins and Braden Lindsey, you know, very talented. I love Joe Wilkins. History of injuries, not a ton of production. I mean, thankfully Notre Dame has Michael Mayer, but yeah. I, I think he's going to get doubled a lot, like like you know, kind of alluded to. Good news is we have Chancey Stuckey now as the wide receiver coach, and recruiting is turning around, it looks like, 
at the wide receiver position. Finally, there's a lot of buzz about Audric Estime, a guy that I think there's been some NFL teams that has two running backs that's thunder and lightning, a big guy and a fast guy. I feel like he's a combination of both. He is thunder and lightning. How intrigued are you to see this guy get an opportunity to consistently get the football this year? Darren, um, I've told this story before, so I'll keep this quick. Um, back in, uh, I want to say, the fall of 2020, estimate senior season of high school, I'm watching Steve Angeli's high school team play against Audric Estime. I didn't know who Estime was. He was committed to Michigan State. Notre Dame was not on the radar to recruit him. And, you know, Angeli would come off the field and, and Estime's team would go on offense and kids just kept breaking these big runs. I'm like, who is this <laughs> Leonard Fournette? And if, for folks watching on YouTube, this is the game right here. It breaks an 80-yard touchdown run. Like, who the heck is this kid? Uh, and Notre Dame was watching him as well, clearly, um, because they ended up offering him close to signing day and flipped him from the Spartans. Um, and, oh, man, when I saw him at practice last week, boy, did he look impressive. I, what a man. I mean, he's not a dude. He's a grown man. Um, I mean, yeah, he, he he's pretty confident, too. He's talking about, you know, all the different kind of NFL running backs that he thinks you know, he has these similar skill sets. Um, you know, don't don't call him a power back because he can move Audrey Estime in line for a big sophomore season. It's a, it's a good group with Logan Diggs. We saw some impressive things from his last year. You know, we all know Chris Tyrese, talent, his speed. Just got to keep that young man healthy. Audrey Estime, though, you know, he's going to be a workhorse. And he is going to be a pain in the neck for defenses in the fourth quarter. Notre Dame has the lead, and they're trying to run out the clock. You give that guy the football against some defensive linemen and linebackers that are basically eating mosquitoes because they're out of breath, he is the perfect guy to run over those guys. All right, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, of course, has you covered during fall camp, and now we're just a couple of weeks away from the start of the season. Yeah, it's going to be awesome coverage. You know, we have a really good team at Blue and Gold, so between – you know, all of our YouTube content, podcasts, written content, magazine, you know, no one doesn't like blue and gold. I'm a little bit biased, but that's uh, that's in my humble opinion. So definitely go to the site, $1 for one year, premium access. I'm telling you guys, it, I, I don't think it'll be around in September. So if you haven't signed up to the site yet, um, again, it's a dollar for your first year. You get all of the premium access um, of our articles. You get the loose emoji message board where you can talk with thousands of other Notre Dame fans as well as communicate with our staff. I post on there all the time. So uh, definitely head to blueandgold.com and check it out. Have a good rest of the week. Always appreciate your time. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, Darren. That's Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. I'm Darren Pritchett. More Budweiser's weekday sports beat coming up next on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today.